0: Hi, I'm Michael Musi, and this is the schema. Today we're joined by Becky Trotter, the Director of Population Health Solutions at Care Allies. And we're going to be discussing how Care Allies works with providers, clinically integrated networks, and ACOs across the country to develop custom population health solutions, all rooted in high-quality data focused on improving overall human health outcomes. Becky, thanks for being with us today. As we get started, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, your role, who is Care Allies?
1: Sure. I'm Becky Trotter. I'm the Director of Population Health Solutions for Care Allies. So, Care Allies is a subsidiary of Cigna, and we exist um, to help providers um, in their journey um, to value based care. So, if you think about you know, independent providers who want to stay independent but really need help navigating the value based care world, um, we kind of wrap around them with services that help them navigate that.
0: And how long have you been with Care Allies?
1: I've been with Care Allies for seven years, all in a population health capacity.
0: And as you've been at Care Allies, can you tell me a little bit about how the services that you've provided to providers in the community have evolved as population health has grown, expanded, and contracts have become more widespread across the market?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when we first got started, we really existed in a provider engagement space. So really helping providers um, with their kind of reporting and analytic needs, helping them understand their financial performance or their quality clinical performance. And as population health began increasing the marketplace and we began navigating the population health world, we started adding in technology and other solutions that would help them navigate you know, data, um, driving um, additional strategies, kind of getting out of the archaic paper world. And so we've evolved from just provider engagement type services to um, population health technology, to workflows that help them in multi-payer contracts. So not just focused on one particular contract, but really how do you be contract agnostic. Um, and then we've introduced a couple of other services to like helping manage um, maybe ACOs or um, building clinically integrated networks around our independent physician associations.
0: So you, you talk a little bit about how Care Allies has grown, how your service offerings have changed you mentioned something that I think is really important, which is helping providers uh, manage multi-payer relationships. And what's interesting in our world and in your world is we think about these things from a multi-payer perspective, but providers oftentimes don't. They think about things from a patient perspective. So can you share a little bit about how the solutions that Care Allies delivers are designed to help providers manage their contracts by creating a single care model, uh, more of a whole person care approach so that if they execute on the task required to deliver whole person care, they perform well in the contracts they're managing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said it best, providers want to be focused on the patient. They don't want to navigate what each payer is requiring of them and what each contract looks like from a requirements perspective, if you will. And so where we've kind of shifted our focus over the last several years is how do you drive some standardization and automation for providers so that they don't have to, you know, stay focused on okay this patient belongs in kind of this category or to this payer, I need to do these things. They should be doing them consistently. So, you know, if a patient has diabetes, it doesn't matter, you know, what payer they have a plan with. The provider is going to execute the same clinical care across the board. And so we help them navigate that with the tools we put at their disposal to reduce some of this administrative burden, kind of reduce the amount of time they've got to stay focused on their contracts and the amount of time that they have to stay focused on changing regulations so that they can spend more time in the exam room and more time focused on getting services to their patients that they need.
0: Carolize has customers in Florida and in Texas and Tennessee and I'm sure a ton of other markets how do you assemble these solutions to meet the providers where they are because every market has very different contract structures every market has very different incentive structures providers have different kind of populations they manage how are you and, and your team at Carolize working around those? geographic differences and contractual differences to help make sure that providers can really do what they want to do, which is provide great care.
1: Right. We use technology. So we use population health technology and we deploy workflows that are standardized at the point of care, but that we can tailor to really meet providers where they are. It's not just about where they're geographically based, but every practice looks different. So you may have providers who have you know, a really large practice and they've got a very robust team that, you know, does everything from scheduling to chart prep to clinical care before the um, provider walks into the room and then all of the, the back office billing. And in some cases, it's the PCP or the provider who's doing all of those things. And so we want to offer solutions and help guide them in a standardized way, but that really can be tailored to their practice. And then in terms of geographies you're right we we are spread across the country and the the biggest thing we see is not just how um like contracts or payers are are structuring their plans but the disease prevalence that exists in those markets so you are going to have a different disease burden in texas um, than you're going to have maybe in philadelphia you may even have you know i know in our texas market for example Diabetes like really plagues our South um, Texas market, and um, it's prevalent in in North Texas, but not to the degree that it is in South. And so, our focus becomes less on let's check the box on ten things, and let's you know create this program that says, okay, we're going to focus on these disease states for this market or these disease states for this area, and it's all standardized in the way that we approach it. But the data tells us you know, what needs to be customized or what really needs special attention.
0: And so using that approach then allows you to really go back to that mission, which is improving human health outcomes. Because if you went to South Texas and you deployed the same strategy as North Texas, you'd be potentially ignoring a bunch of, not ignoring, but you may be not focusing on the increased diabetes prevalence, which would then, you know, change the way that you're approaching your workflows.
1: Right, and it's why data is such a big part of our strategy. So at CareLyze, we look at kind of a, we have a polychronic management strategy, and essentially we're looking at patients with multiple chronic conditions and um, kind of guiding our physicians um, in point of care workflows, in reporting and analytics to say, for all of my patients with multiple chronic conditions, how do I have a great targeting strategy? How do I know which patients like really need some proactive care that we need to be kind of aggressive about getting in for their annual wellness visit or seeing them on a regular basis? Because we believe if you're identifying patients in a really great way, um, if you are getting those patients in to be seen, the dominoes kind of start to fall. So you are identifying Their chronic conditions you're managing their chronic conditions and in turn you're improving their quality outcomes you're probably reducing you know readmissions or frequent er visits so you've got um, some utilization that returns favorable because you're proactively addressing conditions through targeted identification
0: when when you think about the providers who are members or customers of care allies um, what would you say the, the greatest value they derive from the relationship is? Is it is it that identification or is it having a partner in the trenches? What makes them work with care allies?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's probably a couple of different things. Um, one thing that I might highlight is that we are trying to stay on the forefront of automation, um, reduced administrative burden. And so continuing to deliver not just data to them, data is really easy to have a lot of and get overwhelmed. Um, So how do you deliver data in an actionable way? Um, How do you push insights to them maybe in their native workflows so you're not asking them to go above and beyond? Really trying to drive, um, reduce double documentation. So documentation is a huge pain point for providers. I'm sure you hear it all the time too. So many providers have said, I didn't go to med school just spend all night charting. I want to take care of my patients, but we know documentation is not going away. It's it's how healthcare works. And well,
0: I mean and it's it's no different than any other industry. You know, you look at the CEOs and COOs and, you know, executive directors of these large institutions. They all have executive assistants cuz they also need that support. So do you you guys are really that support network to right. make sure that providers can focus on providing care?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep. and we support them with clinical resources as well. So we have a, a clinical team that, you know, might be helping outreach to patients or kind of guide through, you know, disease management programs. And so we kind of bring three things to the table to drive results. And, and we focus on uh, people, process, and technology. And that looks different with each provider that you go to. But those are kind of the three things that we think are important to wrap around our providers to drive better outcomes.
0: When you think about the changing healthcare landscape across the country, where you said in your opening, providers are managing multiple payer partnerships, all with slightly different requirements, how are you helping clinically integrated networks and ACOs manage the, the combination of those requirements? You talk a lot about data and identifying cohorts, but how is data used upstream to manage that complex relationships of contracts? Because providers want to provide care for a patient, regardless of if they have Humana or Cigna or Aetna or our Medicare fee for service or a Medicaid patient. How are, you, how are you helping kind of declutter that contract administration so that they can have that single experience of care?
1: Right, so a lot, a lot of things that we do are, are just through automation. So if you think about all of the data that's sitting in a provider's EMR that a, a payer may not see, unless it's documented on a claim, being able to get access to that clinical data, being able to pull it out and provide it to the health plan to automate the chart reviews or chart abstractions, those are just some really simple things that we're doing that take away from them having to you know, remember, I need to document like this way for one payer, this way for another payer.
0: When you think about the clinical workflows and the clinical teams that you guys are able to augment your customers with what would you say the biggest area you know we, we talked a lot about how different markets have different needs but what would you say is the thing that you're consistently providing across all of your markets that has the the biggest impact on improving health outcomes
1: um point of care point of care support so um when i talk to our providers a lot one of the things that i remind them is you know what's happening within the four walls of your practice. yeah, And there's a lot of other things happening out there, especially in our you know, more uh, vulnerable patient populations where they might be seeing multiple specialists. You just don't have visibility and insight into that. And so being able to aggregate data and then push it back to the provider at the point of care so they know the true things that they need to talk about the patient on, they know what medications that they're on, potentially even know what medications that have been prescribed but not filled, mm-hmm. just. Calling some of those things out without relying on the patient to be the historian is just a really easy way that providers can improve the point of care experience with their patients.
0: I think that's really important. You know, earlier today, I was talking to one of my colleagues around vulnerable populations, and we had this really lovely conversation around how health is kind of one leg of this stool that we all manage. We have our family, we have our careers, we have our health. And for some populations, they can't focus on their health because they're trying to figure out, you know, how to get the basic necessities, food, shelter. How does that play into your guys' strategies as you start to think about vulnerable populations? Uh, Are you guys doing anything on health literacy or health equity or social determinants of health as part of your guys' workflows?
1: So we are. So um, we've kind of always done those things, but never in a formalized program until the past maybe year or two. Um, we've run a, pilots in our Texas market around social determinants of health. Um, we are working to find social determinants, you know, kind of data stewards so we can get access to data that we have not ever had before. And I think that, that begins to change the game in identifying very specific programs you can get patients in, calling in home-based vendors if you need them to. So if a patient really has transportation issues, take the care to them right. so that they're at least being seen or deploy community resources, bus passes, whatever, you know, whatever that might look like, access to care. That's just one area. Yeah. But when you start to identify those as barriers, you can break them down. If you don't know that they're barriers, you can't really impact them.
0: You talked earlier around helping your customers navigate the transitions between multiple providers. You talked about polychronics and you said, you know, you may have one patient who has an endocrinologist and a cardiologist and a, a primary care provider, and they might have an acute episode that they need to manage. And so you've got a whole inpatient care team. How is Care Allies helping your customers with effective clinical integration strategies?
1: Yep, it's such a big part of what we do. So. Um, We kind of do it in two different ways. So we've got our clinically integrated networks, and really we created those with our physician partners in an effort to do a number of things. But one of the big pieces of the clinically integrated network is taking all of these specialists, all of these primary care physicians, even our hospitalists, and essentially breaking down the walls. So, that they know what is happening to their patient across the full continuum of care. Um, and so, communication between providers has really been a big focus of ours for the past few years. And then, we talked a little bit about bringing in clinical or EMR data, and, and clinical integration is one way that we can automate that. So, a provider doesn't necessarily want to go, you know, Skype or slack their colleagues that's not you know feasible in every situation so they don't want to document this is everything that happened in my visit so if we can automate bringing in that clinical data you know members of the patient's care team get a notification when something has happened they understand what transpired in that visit and so we've broken down those walls and so when the patient goes back to the primary care or the patient is discharging there's just more real-time notification so that all members of the care team can jump in and deliver the care that's needed
0: Do you ever see in those clinical integration programs uh, concern about sharing data? Like I think that there are so many categories that would cause concern. You have hipaa and privacy you know is it okay to share patient information across care teams and you know we know that that's obviously exactly why hipaa exists it's the healthcare information portability and privacy act not just privacy and then you have the concern where providers don't want to share data because you know what if it's used against me and then there's the concern of patients saying you know does my provider have the right to share my data so what what barriers do you guys see as you try to build those data sharing relationships and how does care allies help overcome those
1: Yeah. um, There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about patient privacy and how we navigate that. And it changes. I mean, you know, seven years ago, people were a lot more hesitant um, across the board, not just clinicians, but across the board. And then now you think to where we are and we've got uh, mandates and rulings coming down that we have to share data and we have to, you know, make it data available. And so how do you kind of guide people through that is a big challenge for us. I think, you know, one of the biggest tools in our strategy is data security. So working with a vendor who totally understands it and has the proper protocols in place to, you know, segment data, firewall off data, and we can demonstrate that back to um, all parties that the data secure.
0: One of the other really complex aspects of clinical integration And what you guys do is navigating the relationship that exists between payers and providers. Or sometimes I like to refer to as cats and dogs because there's always been this plaque that exists between payers and providers because you have a provider delivering a service and asking a payer to be reimbursed for it. The question that I really have is how are you helping providers navigate this confluence of payer requirements to perform and provide whole person care and make sure that that relationship is constructive and supportive uh, in these clinically integrated networks?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's kind of a common theme in our conversation today, and that's just transparency. And so being able to really disclose to the provider what the payer sees on our side and the provider disclosing what they see on their side is key for us. It's prior authorizations. Um, that's not something I'm, I'm going to be impacting um, anytime soon, but if I can help both parties have better um transparency into their data, then we all win. We're seeing the same thing. I think
0: it also helps, you know, you guys have such a focus on whole person care, quality outcomes. And and that's what matters. You know, when you think about driving better cost outcomes of care. Absolutely. Healthier patients are less costly. I mean it's it's a fact. And if you're able to go to payers and demonstrate that we've invested in you know disease management programs and programs to improve health literacy or health access and it's reducing readmissions it's improving better patient outcomes they have better satisfaction with their provider and their plan plans and providers are more likely to work together to advance those initiatives
1: yeah you're i mean you're exactly right and it's why we launched population health 7 years ago it's why we continue to grow our program and and what we offer providers it's not just to you know, reduce administrative burden. It's not just to reduce kind of fraud, waste, and abuse. It exists so that providers can really manage patient's care in a proactive and comprehensive way.
0: Last question for you today. If you could make one change to the way that physicians are interacting with data today, what would you what would you ask physicians to do?
1: I don't know that it's maybe like what I'd ask them physically to do, but I think what I would ask them is to you know, have an open mind that we have capabilities that did not exist when they started practicing in a lot of cases. And so we're not here to add more burden to you or ask you to log into 15 different systems. We really are trying to move the needle in the quality and the clinical care that they're providing by having the right type of data at their fingertips and by making it actionable. So just have an open mind. Trust us. Um, we're not, you know, we're not trying to make it more complicated. We're really trying to bring a population health perspective right into their practice, so that you know they're not um, operating blind in some areas.
0: I think it's a really, a really good point because when you think about any the adoption of any new technology, it requires change. You know, anytime you see a productivity jump, you think about when smartphones came out. It was cumbersome and at first people were like oh i don't know if i need this email thing in my pocket what would i use it for and now we're so used to it it's muscle memory and i think the challenge with medicine a lot of times it's it's a it's a field of science it's continuously evolving but the way we've practiced medicine in a lot of ways has remained exceptionally constant over the last couple of decades and so change is going to take time and it requires open-mindedness adoption of technology and understanding that the status quo won't continue to work because it hasn't, if you look at the growth of chronic disease across our country and the evolution of our our health, it's not moving in the right direction. So you need need to change the system.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on.
0: Becky, it was wonderful. Thanks for taking some time with us today.
1: Thank you. It was great to talk to you.